Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your questions this evening on Nick Kunza from Sunland Private Wealth and independent analyst Chris Gilmore. If you'd like to send us questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Chris, uh, Nick, good to see you there this evening. Nick, if I may start with you, uh, a good uh, beginning of for the quarter. Uh, long may this continue. Um, do you think this is a bit of a... Uh, sort of a, a relief recovery from all the selling of it that has uh, characterized the last nine months of the year? Yeah, evening, Julia. It's evening, Chris. It's, uh, look, one, uh, one swallow, as the saying goes, doesn't make a summer, but we'll take it. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it wasn't looking this good when we walked in. I mean, everyone, there's been rumors over Credit Suisse and a, a large financial institution failing. Uh, given the S&P futures this morning, it didn't feel so great. But um Sort of reversed it. I think some bottom pickers coming in. Uh, obviously, the reversal with what happened in the UK uh, with, with the government and, and reversing the upper tax bracket and a few other things. Positive uh, uh, PMR number out of the uh, states as well. And, and bearing in mind, we are sort of a week or two ahead of just in front of that earnings season. So a little bit of positioning, I think. And yeah, coming up, as you mm. said, a torrid, torrid quarter. Uh, definitely someone that's a bit of bottom picking and felt that way anyway. But otherwise, decent day. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to some of the sort of the component parts of the day and some of the trading updates that came out. But uh, Chris, uh, seeing that we're talking about the UK, we may as well focus on you. I think I, I thought you were rather uncharitable when you said List Trust was a disaster, but maybe you were just being quite nice, um, as it turns out, given what's happened. Um, so there's an, a U-turn, essentially, on uh, that great tax cut plan. Um, and I guess they're going to have to present some new form of mini budget in the coming days. Um, is it was it enough to assuage markets uh, uh, the, the fact that they're not going ahead with it? Julia, I, I, I think briefly it, it will, but um, you know, longer term, as I said the other day, the Liz Trust, you know, two more brain cells and should be a plant. Um, I mean, really, she's unbelievably stupid. Is the only way you can characterise her. I watched um, a former Tory a guy called Rory Stewart, who was in the, the the leadership contest a couple of years ago. And, and he put it rather well. He, he said, look, um, she, she suffers from attention deficit disorder. She comes, she comes out with these funny little quips here and there, and uh, she, she, she tries to sound intelligent, but she, she, she doesn't have the intellectual capacity to carry it off. She couldn't have uh, a proper engagement with somebody if her life depended upon it. She's thrown uh, kamikaze Quarteng under the, the bus, and uh, he's going to have the shortest uh, executive career since that pope who got poisoned. I mean, really, it's, um, it's, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. A any, any good that came, came out of his mini budget is mm. more than going to be nullified by the massive increase that's going to come through in, in mortgage rates very shortly. Um, okay. So I think the UK economy is looking very, very stuffed. And, um, you know, how, how does that put it? Yeah, look, don't tell us how you really feel, Chris. I think is what I said last time around as well. Um, actually, um, Nick, uh, we were talking about this, I think, when everything blew up spectacularly last week. And um, when Curry was suggesting that uh, because of the extreme negativity and, and unjustified and, you know, the negativity that kind of caught, up, uh, caught everything up, it would be a good, a good occasion to have a look at some UK-listed companies that just got... Um, caught up indiscriminately in the wave of of the market fallout, uh, would you th would you say that that is the correct view? Are there any shares that particularly appeal that maybe just got too sold off? 
So, I mean, it, it, in, a, in a nutshell, I'd be cautiously looking. Um, you know, it, this is against a backdrop of, of I think, uh, you know, the UK government showing how precarious and how difficult it is to to exit this uh, the zero interest rate environment they've done. And, and if and it, if the last week or two is anything to go by, it's, it shows other central banks that it's not going to be easy getting back to some sense of normality. So is there shares to look at in the UK? Possibly some of the South African dual listed, you know, maybe Investix worth a look, uh, Capco uh, possibly. But it just, you know, it just feels like when I'm dealing in the UK space, no disrespect to the UK, but funny enough, even though it's a G7 country, it almost feels speculative. Yeah. Know, given what the bond, yeah, yeah, given yeah, what, yeah, given what the bonds have done, given what uh, Sterling's done, 103 to 112. I mean, you know, these moves are eye-watering. Um, it also maybe to me, without sounding too alarmist, it certainly feels like there's there's stresses in the system. It's not broken. But, you know, bonds are not meant, you know, 10 year notes are not meant to move 40 basis points unless, say, Turkey. So, so um, <laughs> no, I think there's, I think there's, there's definitely going to be opportunities when the dust settles. But for now, I'd have to err on the, course, on the point of caution. Yeah. I mean, this is speculative, at the least. Although, I mean, you could take a lead from Investec, which is now buying back its own shares. You know, they know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you think that is a, a savvy move and something to, you know, the, that anyone who's been considering investing among the banks would look at this and think, okay, if they're going to buy back mm. their shares, then maybe so mm. should I. I don't know. Chris, what do you think? Look, I, th- I think Nick is absolutely right. Uh, I think we have to sit back and wait for the next few weeks. The Bank of England um, made it abundantly clear that there's going to be a big rise in interest rates coming through. And I'm not talking about 25 or 50 basis points here. I'm talking about three or 400 basis points of, of that order. It's, it's going to have to be meaningful. Now, what that's going to do to the, to the UK economy, I, I don't know. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be horrible. Um, you know, they, they've had it. Trust got one thing right. She said they, they've, had it, they've had it too good for too long in terms of low interest rates. And now that is about to change. So, look, I think, I think they're, they're going to get a major, major shock. Yeah. So in, in terms of, of, of trying to, to second guess what's, called, what's going to look good in, in the markets in, in the UK, I think, I think Nick's right. Let the dust settle a bit and uh, then make more of a, an educated um, guess on this one. Yeah. Well, if you I mean, maybe, <clears throat> sorry, sorry Nick? maybe what, just to what Chris is saying, maybe the, maybe the asset class to be looking at is maybe the currency. Maybe if there's a couple of hundred basis points of, of interest rate coming in, in sterling compared to what's happening in Europe, maybe the pound is worth a, worth a buy. I mean, just talking aloud here. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but it's, it, I think that might be the place to look and therefore the financials might be the place to look as well. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a comment really than a question, but a viewer says, surely the negative reaction by the UK market to the unconventional measures its Chancellor announced to stimulate growth is a strong message to the many so-called local alternative economists we have here, who I suppose have gone fairly quiet in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, talk of nationalizing the Reserve Bank or uh, what did A.S. Magashule call it? Quantity easing um, has kind of uh, uh, receded in the last 18 months. Um, Yeah. Okay. So uh, moving on. Um, Nick, just staying with you, there's a question on on gold. And one of the viewers Mm. says, um, 
It seems to be fighting back. Can we trust this current rally in the price today? So first and foremost, uh, disclaimer, I'm not a gold bug, but um, if you look at what the gold price has done this year, I guess you're going to have to argue it's a relative outperformer. What has it done? Five odd percent year to date in dollars. So it's, I suppose it's been holding out okay relative to, to, to everything else. But what concerns me a little bit is the strength of the dollar, which is obviously negative to gold and negative to commodities. So just watch out for the viewer needs to keep a very close eye on this dollar index. Uh, also, um, I guess dollar's traditional sort of uh, argument for holding it has been the, the sort of safe haven play in times of stress. I mean, you'd have to argue it hasn't really done that, has it? I mean, if given what the market's done, everything from the start of the war in Ukraine at the start of the year to the eruptions we've seen in the market over the last couple of weeks, it hasn't really come to the fore. So I'm not anti-gold, and, and I do think this possibly it might have its moment, but I would have thought it had its moment in the last year or two and it hasn't. So that's the only thing that keeps me a little bit a little bit nervous. But then you know what? I mean, you know, if we do get a little bit of rollover inflation numbers and all of a sudden the the dollar weakens, then maybe, yes, maybe. So yeah, so just going back to my very first point, keep an eye on this dollar, a little bit of weakening dollar, and yes, gold might have its moment, but it just concerns you that it hasn't, I guess, yeah. is a long answer to the viewer. Chris, I mean, what are the odds of the dollar weakening? I, I, I does it go to the next point that if inflation suddenly, if the next inflation figure that you get out of the United States is much, I don't know, does it have to be much better or just slightly better than expected? And then you would see the dollar strength maybe unwind somewhat. Look, um, I think at, at, at this point in time, um, it probably doesn't have to be an awful lot better. Um, but having said that, you know, the, uh, again, Nick has made this, this very good point about this, this kind of safe haven aspect of the dollar. Um, Investors and speculators are flooding into the dollar uh, at a rate of knots, and Joe, um, sorry, uh, Jerome Powell is more than happy to keep on bumping up rates. Um, and, and as long as that happens, as long as that trajectory of, of higher interest rates in the state keeps on, you're going to have a higher dollar. Um, the other thing is, I mean, where else do you look? You look at Europe? No. You don't. You look at the UK? No. Um, so the dollar is going to keep on sucking that money in. Um, so I think it's going to stay higher for longer. Traditionally, the dollar should have started weakening quite quite a long time ago, but it hasn't. Mm. Um, so I think it's going to stay there for quite some time. Uh, but I think Nick is absolutely spot on. The moment it does, then that's when you start uh, looking perhaps at the possibility of gold, which has been a profound disappointment yeah. up until now. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think Chris has touched on to quite a, a point here worth mentioning is that, yes, the dollar has been sort of, um, I don't know, the... The, the, the sort of place of last resort to put your money. But if you're looking at the dollar, don't forget as a dollar, if you're a currency trader, you have to sell something. You can't just buy the dollar. You have to, when you buy the dollar, you have to sell something against it. And I guess the question is, what do you sell? Like what else do you put against the dollar? So therefore the dollar literally, or if you're selling the dollar, if you don't like the dollar, what are you going to buy? Mm. Well, quite frankly, right now in this, in this world environment, I don't think there's anywhere else to go, for now anyway, yeah. hence the dollar strength. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Bloomberg uh, Business Week has a fantastic cover. I don't know if you've seen it. It says, it can't stop, won't stop. And it's just got dollar oh, signs uh, all over it. All right, so we're going to short the dollar now. For sure. <laughs> oh, really? Is that the kiss of death? <laughs> 100%. 
You can mark it on the show, Monday night. <laughs> it's like a financial mail cover when you tell you how wonderful a company is. You know it's all over. Uh, with no disrespect to the publication I write for. Um, all right, uh, just one last question, maybe before we go to the break. Uh, can you please ask the panel for the long term, five plus ye uh, years outlook for Aframat? Um, should one buy at these levels? And also the panel's view on transaction capital for the medium term, which is three to five years. Um, Chris, Aframat has long been one of your preferred picks. It's had a bit of a wobble of the last couple of months. Do you take that as an opportunity to buy, or do you think it's going to be a little bit uh, trickier for Aframat um, for the foreseeable future? Look, um, I, I would see that as buying opportunity. Um, a couple of things. First of all, bear in mind that the um, the iron ore price has been a little bit um, weak uh, in, in recent weeks and months, so that hasn't been good for for um, for Aframat. But again, bear in mind that. You know the kind of prices that um, you know they're they're getting. What should I say? What, what it's costing to, to haul it out of the ground is very very low in comparison to what they're getting, even at these relatively depressed prices. Um, secondly, you know they're, they're going into new areas. Um, you know they've got the the Gravenhager uh, prospect. They've got um, Glenover and and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, they had the rights issue recently. Of course, that diluted things quite a bit. Um, so I think you know they're, they're they're doing things in a particularly um, typical Aframat way. They are they're storing up good stuff for the future. If you look uh, historically at what Aframat has done over the years, if they hadn't done those acquisitions, um, they would have been in a in a relatively poor space, yeah. uh, like most of the other uh, uh, construction companies. But they haven't. They've done very clever acquisitions. These current ones have been particularly big. And um, that's why we had the, the rights issue. And um, no, look, I, I think um, management has demonstrated an incredible depth of experience and knowledge. So I, I, I'm still very bullish on, on Aframat. Yeah. Um, and you could see the share price performance there has has been weak uh, in the last while. It's gone from 75 rand or thereabouts to about 47 rands uh, at present. It was down 1.6% today. Chris's view is that this is a savvy management team, very good capital allocators. And, and I, I, I take what you say, Chris, they've consistently done deals that at the time you thought, mm, this is an interesting deal. And then years down the line, they pay off spectacularly. Um, Nick, do you share a, a similar sort of viewpoint for Aframat? And this viewer wanted a you know, long-term perspective on it. Yeah, so I do. Uh, I can't even give a, 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 a varying view. I actually do. I think the management team is is quality management team. You, you spot on the, the way they allocate capital has been fantastic. Uh, drag down, yes, with uh, with the general iron ore price as well, which is twenty twenty five dollars lower than its high. Um, but uh, given the fact that the the rights issues out the way, they've got cash on the balance sheet. Um, exactly what Chris was saying, the Glenova, that, that uh, Mane developing in Limpopo coming back on the stream as well. I think uh, I think it's more than enough to reflect in the share price. Um, and I'm starting to pick up some quite bullish sort of rhetoric coming out of China as well with uh, with them wanting to support the economy as they reopen back up, which means they are 70% of the usage of iron ore in the world. Uh, it, it all of a sudden, I think it'll add a little bit of a tailwind. So more than nothing in price. So for the view, for the viewer, you know, three, four, five-year view, I'd be a happy buyer at these okay. levels. Nick, sticking with you, what about transaction capital? <clears throat> 
It's a little bit more of a tricky one, you know, where you've got Affimat uh, to underlying spot price that it mirrors and demand, etc. Transaction capital more exposed to the consumer, uh, lending, the price of your overnight rates, interest. I would have to say I'd be a little bit cautious. I, again, uh, I do like the team. I think the management have been fantastic. That we buy cars was a great transaction, but but you are heading into an environment of higher rates. Uh, the consumer, which they are directly exposed to on the lending side, is going to probably be under pressure, if not under pressure already. I think it is reflected in the share price, but uh, don't don't expect a big bounce back. I think out of all the sort of interest rate sensitive plays out there on the on the JSC transaction capital, even though it is a fantastically run business, they're going to have a, the, the things stacked up against them. Just be a little bit cautious where to find a bottom on this one. Okay. Chris, do you take a similarly cautious approach? I mean, <clears throat> the thesis for the, the sake of the used car market, I mean, that was a, it was brilliant uh, during the COVID period, you know, when you couldn't get new stock and there was a chip shortage, but that sort of feels like it's unwound quite quickly. Um, I mean, does, is that going to be a drag on them as well for, for the next while? Yes, look, it, it has. But um, as, as Nick says, these are savvy, savvy operators. Um, when, when you've got a, um, an interest rate um, environment like we, we've currently got all around the world where you've got rising interest rates, it's, it's not good for, for, for these, these operators generally. And they can't buck that particular trend. The other thing that, uh, that they're into, I haven't looked at them for a little while. I mean, they're, they're still in, in the financing uh, taxes as well as if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So again, that does does somewhat increase your your, your risk profile as well. I would have thought. So yeah, look, um, they've they've met, they've done extraordinarily well. They they know their their market, but you know it's um, I would share uh, Nick's concerns that in a, in a rising interest rate environment, it is going to be tough. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, stocks that. Um carry maybe a, a slightly more speculative bent. There's a question on Renaging. Um, could you ask the panel why its share price is going down so much? Nick, do you have any insight as to um, why the sort of froth is maybe dissipating? Mm. Well, first and foremost, it's very, very expensive under any metrics. Uh, like the story, we all like the story. It's a homegrown success story. Um, they have started pumping that helium finally, phase one. It's great news, all of the above. Uh, the next part is going to be more tricky, though, because they have to, in the second phase, they're going to have to get that helium to people that need it. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about defense industry, about uh, sending that helium to, to the space industry. That becomes a lot more tricky. Um, I don't think we have enough time on the show to go into how the molecules evaporate and time space and all the rest of it. So the second part is going to be the hard part that that team's going to have to figure out and convince the market. So first part, great. Second part, more tricky, and I, I suspect that at some point to expand in that second leg, they're going to need to come to the market for some to, to raise some capital. Notwithstanding the fact, highly speculative, great story, like it, but at some point valuation has to come into the mix, and it's, uh, it's going to be expensive. So um, why has it come off? I think there's a little bit of overhang. People are waiting for that announcement on a fundraise, I suspect. As I say, this is just it's not the market news. It's just what I suspect might happen. But overall, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for that one. It is a great buy long term, but for now, there is a little bit of overhang. Yeah. Chris, uh, for, for, uh, for the FM, actually, just going back to you, um, the finance guy has written us his, his weekly column. I, I won't uh, divulge what it's about, but... Price is everything, uh, he's, and, and that is true, isn't it? Uh, you've, you've got to try and pick up shares at, at a decent price. If you overpay for them, it can be quite a while before you make any money back, especially if it's a company 
where you're not going to make that money back in dividends um, and, and Renogen is not going to be that company for a while. That's right. Uh, I mean, Renogen is, is, look, as, as, as Nick says, it's a highly speculative company, uh, but you're, you're buying it because uh, you believe in management, you believe that they've got something a bit more unique than, than, than many other companies. But at the same time, it is going to take a long, long time to develop it. And it may or may not come right, right the, the, the way you perceive it. So therefore, and you're quite right, if it, as long as it doesn't pay dividends, then that doesn't give you that, that feel-good factor, that comfort. So therefore, you know, price is vitally important. If you don't get that price right, then you could be treading water for a long time. Mm. I mean, and this applies to blue chip shares too, <laughs> make yeah. no mistake. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> And just in, uh, while some questions, uh, while we wait for more questions to come through, um, I mean, if you look at, uh, well, let's look at pick and pay. I, you know, I thought the trading update was quite interesting today, the, the way the, the share price rallied. But if you had bought pick and pay, uh, you know, in the last maybe 15 years, uh, you could have waited a long time to make any money from it, even as the company was, you know, starting to do the right things. Nick, what did you make of that trading update and the market reaction to it? Yeah, I thought it was encouraging. Um, it, 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 I think it, it reiterated that the South African retail space is a lot better than I think all of us uh, realised. Certainly more than I thought uh, was, was going on. I thought the consumer is a little bit under pressure, but clearly not. Um, so I think it was actually quite encouraging. I think it was more encouraging as a market as a whole, um, given that the, the, the sort of the, the length and breadth of the LSM group that Pick and Pay deals with. So I thought that was very encouraging. Um, not my preferred choice in the sector, but overall, uh, encouraging and, and it's been a little bit of a lagger but uh, in general nice reaction if you're a shareholder for yeah. today anyway. I mean pick and pay has actually been quite volatile you know you could have picked it up earlier this year mm. below 50 rand now today with today's move of seven percent it's almost 60 rand. Um, Chris I don't know if you had a chance to look at that sense announcement or if you have had a look at sort of retailers on the JSC I was looking at <coughs> um, a few shares, uh, apparel retailers, um, on the back of uh, Truist's announcement last week on the appointment of its two uh, its two deputy CEOs. Um, <laughs> and if you look at it, I mean, over a ten-year period, the share price performance has been woeful. Shocking. You know, yeah. I mean, Truist is down, I think, forty-nine percent over a decade. I don't know if that takes yep. into account dividends, but. But within that period, there would have been moments when you could have bought it and then sold it and done okay. But just, uh, you know, if you kind of pick the timing wrong, um, you're not a very happy shareholder. And uh, no. so, yeah, so it goes for just about, I suppose, anything on the market. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, all of the retailers, without exception, um, have taken a big knock in, in recent years. I mean, I looked at Truworth the other day. I mean, on a five-year view, it's, 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 it's negative. Uh, both in terms of turnover both, and, and in terms of, um, of HEPs. So um, it's only literally now with this last set of results that uh, they've shown a bit of growth. Uh, and this was supposed to be Michael Mark's swan song. Well, maybe it won't be a swan song, a swan song after all, because he's going to be part of a triumvirate that's going to lead the, the, um, the, the, the company. But that, that, that's another story for another time. Um, so I think, uh, but coming back to pick and pay, you know, that is um, is a fascinating operation. I think it's a company that the, where the share price has held up remarkably well, given what has actually happened to it over the years. You know, prior to um, Brasher coming along from, from Tesco, who was appointed back in 2013, this thing was floundering. It was in all sorts of trouble. 
and Brescia put it back in the right path. Didn't do anything particularly um, difficult or, or, or tricky. He, he just got them back on an, on an even keel. And now this guy, this, this Hollander, uh, Buna, Peter Buna, um, appears, on the face of it at least, to be doing something equally good for them, albeit in, in somewhat different direction. Yeah. They, it looks to me in, that, in this trading update that they've actually recouped a lot of market share. Now, if that's the case, I don't know where they're taking it from. They're not taking yeah. it from ShopRa. Um, they may be taking it from Woolies to a certain extent in the, uh, the upper market uh, areas. Yeah, but it would be great for all of them if the pie were growing. Um, I haven't left you yeah. very much time for stock picks. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Nick, um, what are you looking at this evening? Yeah, so just quickly then, looking at uh, looking at Sabanya, uh, Sabanya Stillwater, it's been under a lot of pressure recently. Uh, finally, a bit of good news this morning um, with uh, reaching a, an agreement with uh, its wage discussions with uh, with its with its uh, workers. So that's a bit of good news. Uh, nice to expose, waiting for that weaker dollar. Nice bounce back in base metals today uh, at 41, 42 rand a share. It should be closer to 50. So. That's my short and sweet stock pick, Julieta. Okay, thanks, Nick. Chris, how about you? I've gone back to a good old favourite of mine, City Lodge. Their results came out last week, and I cannot believe that they're floundering at 370. Um, the, it was a super um, set of results. Uh, we've got... Um, Is it not because the occupancies are not where they wanted to be? 38%, that's still sort of below yeah, kind so, of a critical level. No, no, that, that, was for the, that was the year just passed on average. They're currently trading at 58%. Okay. That, was, that was month to day in September. So, you know, they're well, well, well past a break-even. Um, they've repaid um, a lot of the debt. The debt is, is right, right down. And, um, you know, the outlook is looking really very, very good indeed. Mm. So it, 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 it evades me. It really does why this thing is languishing the way it is. Okay. Well, <clears throat> if only OR Tambo International Airport could gussy itself up to welcome travelers and make us more look more as if we were open for business, uh, then maybe it's got a fighting chance. Um, Chris, Nick, I have to leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us this evening. Uh, Nick Kunze is from Sunland Private Wealth Independent Analyst. Chris Gilmore has also been on the show. Uh, Zanati will be back with Stockwatch tomorrow. Uh, do have a good evening.